Welcome, everybody, to the Men for Life podcast. My name is Andrew Jacoby, and I've got my good friend uh, Pete DeMaio here. Pete, What's up, welcome. everybody? How's it going? So um, we're gonna uh, today we're going to do a little episode where we sort of check back in with me. Pete's going to check in with me a little bit after my experience becoming a Catholic officially by entering the church, uh, the mystical body of Christ. But first, we'll start off with prayer, and then we'll go into it. So, Pete, why don't you uh, start us off? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, like Andrew um, had said in our last episode, he was definitely feeling um, attention and f- just flat out, I mean, an apprehension and attention, but honestly, flat out just demonic attack as he was like approaching and getting closer to the altar, which um, I don't know if you, if any of you have ever felt that before. If you have, you know exactly what he's talking about, um, which is, it's strange, very, very strange feeling. So that's kind of where we wanted to pick up with this one as we left off there. And as Andrew was getting closer to receiving the sacraments and actually coming into the Catholic Church, that's how he was feeling. So if you want to pick up there, Andrew, just to, you know, like as you're leading up into Holy Week. Yeah, it was it was really difficult as uh, those who didn't listen. It was um, I was. As I was approaching, there there are various parts of the of the process of of credit uh, of Christian initiation where, you know, for one of them is the when the church elects you as an actual member, uh, which is before baptism, and you go up next to um, the cross and you're up on I don't know what they call it, Pete. When you're, you know you're sort of you, it's not the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the the raised part of the church. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a new Catholic. Help me out. I don't know. <laughs> Look, in some churches, that might be the sunken part of the church, and like the the ones that were built. <laughs> so <laughs> we got you. We know what you're talking. Right. About. Okay. When I was get, let's put it this way: the closer I got, I started to have these intense feelings of fear and vertigo, like I was going to pass out. To the altar. Yeah, the closer I got to the altar, I would have these intense experiences of fear and this sensation that I was going to pass out. And, um, you know, and I was getting, I was having a lot of doubts as far as the, the devil was telling me things like, well, come on, man, like, really, do you want to, do you want to do this? Because we could have so much more fun if you didn't do this. We could go back out on the road and there's so many more ladies that we could, you know, sort of like there's, I mean, there's drug, like there's everything we could do out there. And if you join this Catholic church thing, then you're not going to be able to have it that much fun anymore. You're going to, you're going to add all these rules to your life. Like, why would you do that? So that's what, that was the sort of pitch that he was making at the last, last moments. But can I add something in there? If sure, you please do. You just pointed something out that I think many, um, I don't know if you've thought about this or haven't thought about it, but if you haven't, it's a good time to just contemplate it. For those of us who are cradle Catholics, cradle Catholic are those of us who are born and raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. you don't go through this because you're not actually 
choosing it. Yes, you're not choosing the faith as an adult. And while the sacrament of confirmation is supposed to bring that about in us and our young adulthood, and then it, it's not the same. And I've noticed that specifically with our converts to the faith. And I love our converts. I mean, my sister-in-law, Lauren, she's a convert to the faith. She, t- I mean, she's usually... Where was on, she converted from? She grew up in a, I'm almost positive, Methodist house, okay. but definitely Protestant. Protestant. So yeah, gr- yeah, raised, raised Protestant. And... Um, you know, praise God, Mary and my brother um, went through the RCIA program and became Catholic. But she is not like your normal, you know, wife or mom. She's very, very much on fire about our faith and, and wants that to be part of their marriage and part of they're in the diaconate program, by the way. My brother is going to become a deacon in a few years. Praise God. Yeah. And go, Chris. Yeah. So, yeah, go, Chris and Lauren. And so they want, you know, and they want their children raised this way too, not with this like superficial version of being Catholic, which happens to us as cradle Catholics sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we take it for granted. You're just born and raised with it. But that's what you're talking about right now, Andrew, is you're talking about that is if I do this, I'm actually going all in. And by going all in, I know what I'm leaving behind. And it's the leaving behind part. It's almost like the turning away from the sin and turning towards God is is the feeling of I actually am going to be losing something. You know what I mean? Like if Definitely. you're not losing something, there is you're no dying. apprehension. You're right. dying. There's a death. There's a death that's happening. I mean, the baptism, as I understand it, is there's a death and a resurrection. Like a sort of you go into the water. That's what Father Gill was talking about. Then you come back up a new creature in a way, baptized in the in the in the in the Lord. And yeah, so I was mourning that that previous life. I mean, that's what I... Theologically, on that note, by the way, to Andrew's point, what Father Gill had taught all of us is that that is why you don't need to go to confession before receiving the sacraments because your baptism is going to forgive you from all original right. sin, whether you were a baby or and I needed that efficiency. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, I would have been like, Father Gil, do you have like a week retreat? We could go on just you and I, we could get on a little boat and go down. We could go to Venice or something and you could just like push and I'll just confess to you for eight hours a day for seven days straight. And we'll get like to the we'll get to me being like fifteen at that point. And then, and then I'll I'll enlist Father Beatrice after that, and after that we'll we'll do the next we'll do the next epoch of my life. Yeah. So we'll, after high school, right? <laughs> so, so thank thank God there was this uh, one stop shop for all my sins because man that's uh, but yeah it was it was really difficult and. Um, but then the the moment of well, if you don't mind, that sure. leads me to to the sure. next question. If yeah, if it's okay, sorry for interrupting you. Um, I wanted to know what it what it felt like in your words. What's it feel like? I I've never watched anyone receive the sacraments in our basilica, Saint Peter and Paul, here in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, the cathedral. And I have to tell you, it was something else. Um, my wife Trisha and all the children were here for for amazing. Andrew, and it was like a three and a half hour wasn't yeah. it or three hour and 15 yeah. minute i mean it was something else yeah. like here i am i'm 44 years old i've never seen anything like that in the yeah. catholic church before shame on me by the way if you get a chance to come down right. next saturday for do the it. vigil yeah at least one time in your life to witness this but um what did that feel like because i watched it all happen to you one sacrament at a time and i'm like i'm mm. actually getting the chills right now mm. saying it so Tell me, let's, and don't give me all of them at once. Give me one at a time. Well, um, the, 
You meaning different meaning what was it like to actually get baptized and then what was it like to take holy communion? Yeah, okay. because I was like sitting there appreciating it for right, you. Right. And I looked over at our kids and they were just smiling so I knew they yeah. understood too. It was it was it was amazing praise God and um the attack stopped. Like it wasn't there I didn't feel that way the night of. I mean for me it was an, it was a little bittersweet because none of my family members were there. And it was a long sort of struggle with that. I didn't even know whether I should invite them or not because I know that for them it's not a uh, it's not a positive thing. You know, my mom literally thinks that I'm doing this to hurt her. <laughs> like she's Jewish Aww. mom. So I love you, mom. It's not. I really didn't become a Catholic in order to hurt you. It's not. That's not the reason that I did it. Maybe a little bit. I'm kidding. <laughs> but so. So, he loves you, Mrs. Jacoby. I, I already right, know this. I love, I love you, Mom, and it wasn't th- that wasn't the reason why I did it. But anyway, um, I knew my mom had said that if I if I got married in a church, she wouldn't come. This is just not it's not her thing. She doesn't like. So I decided I didn't know what the right prudential thing to do. I prayed about it, and I decided not to even invite them, just to make because. If they're if they don't want to be there, I didn't want them there. I didn't want them there to sort of overcome their not wanting to be there. I, if they wanted to celebrate it and they were happy about it, I would have invited them. But I knew that they weren't because when I told them about it, there was that was there was one conversation. It wasn't a happy conversation, and then um, there was no conversation after that. So I, I I know I know them well enough to know that. So I, that was so that was it was a little bittersweet. I had some friends there. My ex Bettina came over from Austria, which was awesome, and my friend Dan, and actually my best buddy Sean, his dad came, which is really interesting. Um, Paul Sullivan, who you met, he's great, and if you ever hear this, Paul, you're the man. Uh, it was great to see you. And he's a super serious on fire Catholic, and he's just awesome. And the guy's 82, and he flew in from Boston for my baptism, and it was wow. just, yeah, so it was awesome. But I anyway, didn't know that. Yeah, and um, yeah, and so. We're in the baptismal font yeah. of the cathedral, which in and of itself is yeah, it already. Yeah, beautiful. And yeah. there was like eight or nine other people. Right. Yeah. And there's like, I was next to this kid. He's like 12. And yeah. Me, like 50. <laughs> like, this kid's 12 and everyone else. So it felt that the baptism just felt amazing. It was just like a really joyous moment. The water was really cold, actually. So it was a little physically uncomfortable. And we were told not to wash the water off because it's Jesus so, or you know it's the Lord so it's it's holy water literally so why, why do it and so um the feeling was was amazing and and um then taking the communion host for the first time was great i have to confess that when i first went to the catholic church i didn't know that i wasn't supposed to take the communion host so like when i was discerning whether i should be a catholic i took the host because i didn't know it's like oh they're giving out food that's great it's like it's like a snack or whatever like i didn't you know that's okay i know I, we, I, we, look that scene was taken you. care of but I, so i got a few pre-host hosts but this is my first official host and it was wonderful like and and still today every day i go i try to go to daily mass if i can um, public confession yeah. I accidentally did that as <laughs> to one of our children really okay our oldest I'm still sorry PD right. that was one of those dad of the year moments right. where I completely messed up yeah. and uh yeah it happens I, I look I, I plead ignorance I didn't know what I was doing it just everyone was doing it so I was like okay well I'm here I don't want to be the only one not doing it I don't want to be the only one not going to get the, the snack <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Um, so anyway, so it was, it's wonderful. And it's, it, I would say the biggest thing is it's just a relief. It just feels like I'm home. You know, like that feeling when you've been on a long journey and, um, you finally get home after like that last flight. And I've been on many, you know, I've been on, I've been on the road for 10 years. I've lived abroad and I've been on some, um, just really difficult, long journeys, like Cambodia, India, like just crazy stuff. And there's just times when you're just you just finally arrive home and you can put down your bags and you can not look for the next flight that you have to rush to and just be just on your couch. And, you know, it's just that wonderful feeling of mm -hmm. just, ah, oh, thank, thank the Lord. I'm back. I'm safe. I'm good. Like I did it. I'm, I made it. I'm like, I, I that whatever happened happened, but I'm here. And that's been the main feeling. And so I'm just like, I can now, look forward to the rest, whatever, however much time I'm given on this earth by the Lord, that now I know where I am. I know who I am. I know why I was created. I know what my mission is, which is to evangelize the faith and live out the faith. Um, and that's the great commission. And, and so it's just so clear, whereas before my life was so confused and it was just me doing me and like inventing a philosophy based upon ultimately my weakness and sin and the stuff I wanted. And then I would just create a philosophy behind how do I get as much of that as possible and still feel good about myself. Like that was my whole <laughs> life mission, <laughs> right? I was like my whole life. Was like, I didn't see a reason not to do that. So that's what I did. It seemed like it made the most sense. And, and obviously, as we talked about before, that led me to a kind of personal hell. And now I feel like I've, I'm, I'm, I'm tasting a little foretaste of heaven because it makes sense. Life just changed profoundly, but not, it wasn't like, there's not, I wouldn't say there's, there's sort of fireworks of any sort. It's just this more of like this, like this, this super beautiful feeling of being at home. So, yeah. I so know anybody, so by the way, I recommend it highly if you haven't done it. <laughs> so whatever, if you're listening to my voice, do, if you haven't joined the Catholic church, you should absolutely do so. <laughs> so, I um I can see that with Andrew. Obviously, I know Andrew personally, so there there is a calm and a peace that he has. And if you can imagine, you know, two plus years of waiting to come into the church, yeah. going through the program, um, it's almost like the early Christians where they were forced to wait three, three years. years, right? Yeah, yes, to because so so the concept there was, if you're going to do this, it has to cost you something. Yeah. And you have to leave that former self right. behind. And and um, and you did that, Andrew. And that's why I wanted to... It's a special moment in time. Yeah, I and really appreciate you wanting to do this. This is cool. I didn't... Yeah, Yeah, I just want to capture it. And I want to capture it for our listeners, for anyone that that resonates with. Or as you said, for anyone who's even kicking this around right now. Totally do it. I 100%. Mean, it's the best thing <laughs> you could ever do. I don't... Uh, just. This is a commercial for the Catholic Church. Are sponsored by the Catholic <laughs> Men for Life. Sponsored by the Catholic Church. Pete, give us a read. Funny enough, <laughs> honestly, I know it wasn't you and I, but Andrew and I had a chance at, after one of our our um, young adult RCIA meetings. Um, we got a chance to talk to one of the married couples there, and uh, the guy is Catholic, but his wife is not Catholic. He's from Italy. She's from Austria or Le Leica. Oh, right. She's from uh, um, Holland. Okay. Yeah. Right. And 
here she's not Catholic, but having grown up in Europe and, you right. know, Catholic grandparent, yada, yada, she's familiar. But she really grilled Andrew in the parking lot. And it almost went from the four of us talking to us having two separate conversations. He's a physician, so I was having some medical conversations with Masks. Him. Yeah. Why do you wear a mask? Masks, Sorry. vaccines. Right. H- in the height of COVID. Yeah, HPV. We start talking, you know, a lot of different stuff. Um, so... We're going down that road, he and I, and then separately, I'm not listening because I was talking, you know, to him and I was, you know, very much focused. But there was just this this conversation that was going on next to us between the two of you. And I know that that's what it was. You were sharing with her the different journey that you've been on. And sure enough, doesn't she wind up going from just sitting there in the class to now she decides that she was going to be Catholic? I don't know what part you played in that, but to me, that was beautiful. And that's what this is about. So... Absolutely. It was, uh, I don't, I mean, obviously it was the Lord. Like I, I believe, you know, obviously it's a, uh, it's a gift. It's a theological virtue, right? F- like grace and faith. Um, so, but she, she had some questions and I had similar questions. So I, and I studied a lot of, and she was someone who had a similar need to intellectually understand it. Mm-hmm. So she needed to understand. So I talked to her about Aquinas and the five, the arguments for, for God's existence. And it seemed like it was helpful to her, but ultimately it's a multi-factor analysis, like what what they call that at the illative sense, meaning there's multiple reasons why she came to the faith. And, and so God praise God that she did. And she seems really on fire as well. So it's great to see her transformation. So Andrew, and I think that that's not unlike many um, when you had just mentioned that. You just reminded me of something that I just saw recently. But as you said, there's a a logic piece to all of this that many of us need. Um, We were just having this conversation uh, the other night at home. Uh, Nikki's understanding evolution and how that fits into, you know, our Catholic Church and all that and our beliefs and all. So um, there is a piece of that. But I saw a beautiful, um, I saw something beautiful about, um, needing our heart to be activated too. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to um, to find it. But anyway, I saw something beautiful about it being, as you said, both. But for those of us who need that logical understanding, the wise, I'm, I'm like that too. I'm very right. much a logical thinker. So sure. I needed, you know, I needed the wise behind all of it. You know, we talk right. about that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think that was the last thing I really wanted to know from you was really, you know, after it happened, how do you feel now? But I think you summed it up beautifully. There's just a calm and a peace that came over you that you're finally home now. If you've ever seen that picture of Jesus with his arms stretched out, you can buy it, you know, at yeah. your typical like St. Jude shop or something like that, you know, for someone who's making their first their first penance or whatever. And yeah. it's that, that coming home, you yeah. know, image and prayer. And that's pretty much yeah. what you... I am, um, there's, the, there's this great... I forget the videos. One of probably one of Bishop Barron's videos in the Word on Fire somewhere. But I, I told you this, Pete, and I think this is the best summation that I've ever heard. It was this Protestant woman who became a Catholic, and she said, "When I came to the church, and I might have even said this in a previous episode. So if I did, I apologize. But um, she came to the church and felt like she had found the cover to the puzzle box of life finally." where she was playing with the puzzle pieces her whole life, and maybe she made a little bit of progress, but she didn't see the bigger picture. She didn't see how everything fit together. And what the Catholic Church does, in my experience so far, has been it, it puts the pictures of life 
together. It means that you just have this understanding of there's such deep philosophical, theological thought put into all the things that the question, the deepest questions about who we are, the four questions, who we are, origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Where did we come from? Are we just monkeys on a rock floating in infinite space? Or are we creatures created in the imago dei, in the image of God? Um, what's, what's the meaning of our lives? Is it just whatever you want it to be? Like Pete DeMaio's sort of story about Pete DeMaio? Is that like the meaning of your life? Or is there anything real about that? Like, do, is there a real meaning to your life that actually exists in the same way that two plus two really equals four? It really maps on to something real in the world. And you bet your life on it when you get in a car or, or what have you. Morality, again, is it is that you just make it up and we, we happen to believe that killing little children is okay here, but over there you don't. And you know rape is fine if it's a story of of your particular culture but it's not right it's like does any of that make sense and or is again is it real and the and then the last is that is there ultimate justice of any kind and the catholic church gives such satisfying answers to what is a human being and what does it take to live a flourishing human life so if you're struggling and if you're lost and you're listening to this right now, examine, go find Bishop Barron, go find Word on Fire. If you, if you can't stomach somebody with a Roman collar, maybe listen to Jordan Peterson like I did, or go find some, some, somebody who can explain it to you because trust me, the answers are in the church. The church is, as they say, the, the Catholics are right about everything. It's so true. It really is. So I praise God. I'm so glad to be home, and it's a it's a wonderful thing. And for all everybody out there, um, I can't recommend it enough. But you will have to die to your previous self. You, there is a there is a cost. It's not a cost free um, process. You have to give up the idea that you're God. And I, that sounds silly. Like, of course, I'm not God. It's like, well, but if there is no God, then by default, you're God. Because you're making up, you don't. You're making up what to do. You're deciding every moment what to do. So what are you basing that on? If there's no God, if there's no rules outside of you, you're basing it on what you want. So you're God. And I tried that. And how'd that go for you, Pete? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, that did not go well for me. <laughs> so I think what you said, and if it's okay, I think it's a perfect point to uh, to end up on is sure. Andrew, in meeting you and watching you journey and in seeing you here now, what you've reminded me all along is is something that I got from Father Tom Whittingham just a couple weeks ago on May 2nd at St. Athanasius, and it's a quote that he had, on his, and this is from his feast day. Even if Catholics faithful to tradition are reduced to a handful, they are the ones who are the true church of Jesus Christ. Even if Catholics faithful to tradition are reduced to a handful, they are the ones who are the true church of Jesus Christ. And that's what Andrew made a decision that he wanted to live out the rest of his life as he wants to live Amen. out. Yeah. And in my parish in the morning and morning mass, there's not that many of us, but it doesn't matter. It's not about them. I mean, I'd love it to be filled to the rim, brim every day, but 
And that's our goal here with Men for Life. Is that, you know, 10 will become 20. Right, 20 exactly. will become 40. Because you know, me and Peter are going to pitch it to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, well, praise, th- yeah, praise God. And Peter, I don't know if you want to end us in prayer, and then we can uh, move on to the next chapter, which is... Uh, Absolutely. Great. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap up in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank amen. you again for this time of us all being together. Lord, uh, thank you again for allowing Andrew to come into the church and to receive uh, you finally uh, and receive you very specially in the sacraments, which are an outward sign of uh, this inward mystery. And I thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this. Thank you to Father Gill, Father Beadricki, and Mary Ann from the cathedral for asking me to be Andrew's sponsor. We wouldn't be friends without that, um, without that ask. And thank you, God, for, for filling me up with the Holy Spirit and giving me the strength each day to be here, um, you know, down here at the cathedral and with Andrew and, and in his journey. And I would just ask that you would open the hearts and minds of all listeners so that they can at least, at least draw a little closer to you as Andrew's done in his process and see how that feels to just be closer and be in your presence. And hopefully you can bring that peace and that calm to all of this. We ask this always in Jesus's name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Father Pete. Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank Amen. you, brother. All right. That was great. Have a, have a great day, everybody.